Welcome to the Bible Rundown. It is Pastor Rob and Pastor David here at Day 90, Judges 11 and 12, and Luke chapter 6. It is Jephthah, the day of Jephthah, David, and you are a Jephthah wizard. You have studied this in-depthly on the vow that Jephthah takes. I know that you like to talk about this. We've talked about this multiple times. So our listeners are going to get back into what happens at the great NWBC during the day when we're talking about these things like Jephthah. So they get to back backstage pass into our life as we talk about the life of Jephthah. Yes. So before we get to this heavily disputed section of the story, let's just set the ground, right? So right, set it. Let's set it. Plant the seeds, so, sow the seeds, water the seeds, and let it grow. Once again, we see like these weird family dynamics going on jephthah is like this black sheep of the family right he's he's essentially kicked out by he's a his, son of a prostitute that right. his dad was probably not supposed to be with and, sure and he's kicked out by his other brothers yeah but after a time the ammonites rise up against israel and lo and behold the elders of gilead come they Prouncing come, back, coming right? Coming back. They kick him out of Gilead, and now they want him back because he's a strong man. Yeah. And he's got, he's got mean friends. And Jephthah's, well, and that's the other thing that I'm glad you brought up. We didn't talk about it with Abimelech, but this recurring phrase of like surrounding yourself with worthless fellows, right? right? Like the company we keep yeah. is going to influence our decisions. So let's keep that in our back pocket as we look at maybe Jephthah's actions later on. But sure. they, they call for him back. Jephthah kind of, you know, plays like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you really, you know, want me because you, you kicked me out. But either way, they say, hey, if, if you'll come fight, the Lord gives them over, then I'll be your king. And so then they go after the Ammonites, right? Right. And they confront them. They're unwilling to relent. And so the spirit of the Lord rushes upon Jephthah. He has everything he needs, Rob. But then even after the spirit of the Lord rushing upon him in verse 30, Jephthah makes a vow to God. So not a, not a good vow. It's a, it's not a good vow. B here's the first question, right? Did he even need to make a vow? Like, no. is the spirit of the Lord not enough to ensure victory that you have to vow on top of it? Who does this remind you of? I think Gideon. Yeah. In some ways, right? right? Like, I mean, Gideon's like, I can't take you, God, at your word. Right. So give me a sign. Oh, give okay. Me a sign. One more, just one right. more thing, one right? One more sign. All right. So here's Jephthah's version of that, not asking for a sign, but basically saying, hey, I'll, I'll do this thing. And, and here's I'll give my vow. And here's the vow, right? I will sacrifice whatever comes through my door, is the way most transition, translations read it. The ESV has a footnote. That whatever could be the Hebrew word for whoever. So it could be Jephthah was making a vow of a on behalf of a person that would walk through his door. Now the, the thing where people get hung up is he says, I will offer him or it up as a burnt offering or for a burnt offering. So is he literal? What do you think? Well, I think there's something that we haven't really talked about in this in this scenario because we've talked about this scenario a bunch. But could it be, and there's a lot of what ifs here, but could it be that Jephthah 
is making this vow because he doesn't believe that he's actually going to make it against the Ammonites. Could be. He's, he's making this crazy vow like, oh, if, if I you know, make it on the, <clears throat> in the front line of the army of the battle here, maybe uh, I'll, I'll sacrifice whatever comes out of my house. Kind of like a last-ditch effort to see if the Lord's really with him. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. I don't think I, we haven't discussed that. I haven't I haven't seen that in any commentaries, but but most likely I think he's talking about um you know, I think this is guy's a rough dude. He's from a rough background. His mom's a prostitute. He's with rough guys and he's just making a prideful and arrogant vow. Yeah. No, I I agree. And uh and it's a an interesting nuance if that was the case, right? That he doubted God. But either way, this is it's not a good situation for Jephthah. He ends up getting the victory. He comes home, and behold, his daughter. Mm. So, with tambourines and dances. So she's she's, she's excited. She has no clue what's going on. Yeah, Jephthah breaks the news. She asks for these two months, right, that she can go and mourn her virginity with her companions. He goes. And the writer leaves it a little ambiguous, which I think why is why we struggle with it, right? So at the end of it, she returns to her father, who did with her according to his vow that he had made. Mm. She had never known a man, and it became a custom in Israel that the daughters would go and lament for her for four days. Okay, so could be read. He wasn't really talking a literal burnt sacrifice. He just sacrificed her virginity, right? And she died a virgin. Why, though... And this, I think, is a fair question. Why would it become a custom for other women to mourn her if it was just a, a woman that lost her virginity? Right. There's been plenty of, of, of barren women yeah. that nobody remembers and mourned Sarah for all of the years that she was barren. So yeah, I think that's so a struggle for So me. I think there's a couple things here that we need to understand. Number one, God prohibits human sacrifice in the law. So that's against Weird. what God wants to do. It's not in his nature it's one of the reasons why uh he gave the land to god's people was it was against god the human sacrifice number two uh here when we when we talk about the firstborn being devoted to the lord uh we talk about the firstborn being devoted to the lord in sacrifice through sacrifice it's almost right. like they're sacrificing an animal on behalf of the firstborn. So there's this, obviously this substitutionary atonement. We have the Passover lamb. All these ideas in the Old Testament are already running through the thread. So he should have known these things. No, yeah. Number one, that it's not God's will. And number two, that it's it's certainly, um, you know, a substitutionary atonement is certainly acceptable for right. a devotion unto the Lord. Yeah. But then, But then you have also in Deuteronomy where it talks about that if the vow is not right, you can actually get out of the vow. So it's actually, yeah. So it's in Leviticus. Leviticus. Thank Leviticus you. 5, 4 through 6. So Deuteronomy speaks about making vows, but Leviticus, Moses elaborates and said, hey, if you made a vow that's going to result in sin, you can pull it back. So here's the thing, right? God wants us to be people of our word. Right. He does not want us to be people of sin. Exactly. <laughs> so in Jephthah's case, and this is where I, I wanted to highlight who are the people that are around Jephthah? Right. Not faithful Israelites. Right. A faithful Israelite hopefully should have interceded and said, brother, 
the the law of God is not binding in this circumstance because it, you you made a rash vow, something that's going to result in you committing a sin. You're free from it. Right. No one is on hand to do that. So I think it's it's twofold. I think we could interpret this as he does sacrifice his daughter. I think it's meant twofold. Number one, Jephthah needs a new heart. He mm-hmm. does not understand the law of God. So what we read in Jeremiah 31 where we're given a new heart that we know the law and we know God. He's clearly lacking that. Number two, the the nation continues to decline, that nobody's even serving as a check and balance for how they can even be faithful to God in the basic things, right? Yeah. Just what comes out of their mouth in terms of these rash things that they say. And also just the, the simple fact of he thought that this was actually pleasing to the Lord. Yeah. And it's just not. And all the way through. And so Jesus even talks about oaths, mm-hmm. you know, in Matthew chapter 5. I think we've even mentioned this maybe. But Matthew 5, you know, you've heard it said in the days of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven or by the throne of God or by earth, for it is the footstool of Jerusalem for the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So, I mean, the idea of the oath is like proving yourself that you are following the Lord. And it's just the opposite of... of so it's just it's continuing to show the wickedness of man here in Judges the wickedness, the downfall of, of, of God's people and the need for a king. Yeah. And we need to remind ourselves, Jephthah is in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Oh, come on. And so... Oh, come on. I think it, it's a good That'll connection. preach. It's a good connection with Luke 6, right? He, Jesus, in today's reading, talks about judging others. Paul uses this phrase in 1 Corinthians 6 where he reminds the Corinthians, such were some of you, Rob. So are we any different than Jephthah? No. Sin is sin. Were we separated from God in the same way Jephthah was? Absolutely. Is there anything that is withholding us from being able to commit the type of sin Jephthah did? There ought to be if the Spirit of God hasn't rushed upon us, but it's taken residence in our life. Come on. So I think we sing a song called Scandal of Grace, which is a good reminder when we're reading these Mm -hmm. people, Jephthah's in Hebrews 11. He is one of these scandals, but such were some of we, right? And so by faith, yes, Jephthah can be included in there if what the writer of Hebrews is concluding and we take the word of God to be true, he was saved through his faith not as a result of work so that no one can boast. So even in this terrible thing, if this is what we're really concluding, that he sacrificed his child, it was God's choice to save him despite his sin as one who had faith. Mm. He became mighty in war. Amen. He did what the Lord wanted him to do. But in other aspects, he was not the promised one. Right. We're looking to the promised one. He's not here yet. We don't find him in Judges. Nope, we don't. We need him. Amen. He's coming. Luke chapter 6. Love your enemies. Tree and its fruit. Build your house on the rock. We'll see you next time. Bible Rundown.